0: Hello there. I'm Devin Wilkins, welcoming you to another edition of Insight Peterborough. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Canadian Council of the Blind, Peterborough Chapter. And if you'd like to know more about what the Canadian Council of the Blind, otherwise known as the CCB, is all about... All you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at com. Actually, if you send your email right away, you might be able to join our monthly get-together by phone now, but it's still fun. Uh, things aren't quite as formal as they are in a normal meeting, and uh, we have a, a bit of fun. So... Uh, if you want to send your email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com, and uh, you just might be able to uh, get together with us. Well, yesterday was Mother's Day, so I thought it would uh, be a nice idea to start off with a song. I don't know what the year is, but it was a while ago because it was sung by Jean McClellan, and Marty Reno, and it's called Mommy. This last week, you'll remember that I said that we were going to have a lesson in washing our hands properly, and that's exactly what we're going to do. (laughs) I got chatting uh, with Matt Ferris, who is an inspector with the uh, Peterborough Public Health Department, and I explained to him why we needed such specific instructions, and he was very patient and gave those instructions so that uh, I could share them with you. Before his conversation, though, and afterwards, we're going to hear a little bit of uh, music on that same subject
1: from Google. So, enjoy. Now's the time to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Now's the time to wash your hands, your health is up to you. Wash your hands and keep them clean, keep them clean, keep them clean. Wash your hands and keep them clean, cause that's the thing to do. Not quite done, keep washing up, washing up, washing up. Not quite done, keep washing up, there's still some grime and goo. One last verse to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. One last verse to wash your hands, and that's the final cue. Well, hi, Matt, and welcome to the program.
2: Oh, thank you very much for having me.
0: Now, I know it seems kind of ridiculous talking about how do you wash your hands, but for people who are totally blind anyway they can't see any uh, we can't see any of the videos so yeah i thought it would be uh, kind of uh, appropriate for us to to have a, a chat about that first of all do you recommend the use of uh, a bar of soap or do you prefer the uh, liquid soap
2: it can really be either or as long as it's a soap that can create bubbles that's main concern
0: okay all right so uh i take it that uh, you would start with the, the palms would you
2: yeah well it's the way that we're supposed to wash our hands it's not how most of us actually do it no. um, and i know myself if i'm not really paying attention the soap just goes on my hands and it goes under the water and then I do a little bit of rinsing kinda under the water and I do that even though I don't I, I know it's not effective. So the effective way to wash your hands, you really just have to think about it in a few separate steps. So do you want me to go through those steps quickly?
0: Yes, please. That would be great.
2: Alright so just the first step is just getting water on your hands. So you're running the water put your hands under, get your hands all wet. And then the second step is getting soap on your hands. So whether it's bar soap or liquid soap, you put that on your hands. That's step two. And then step three is actually lathering. And this is probably the most important part. And you don't want to be lathering with your hands under the running water because that just washes away all the soap. to dry your hands is paper towel because it's single use you're not going to be using it over and over again accidentally recontaminating your hand so if you have paper towel use that um, dry your hands well and you can even turn off the taps with that paper towel to avoid recontaminating your hands
0: especially if you're in a um, public facility other than uh, your own bathroom right
2: Sure, sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and hand-washing, very, very effective at preventing the spread of a whole bunch of different kind of communicable diseases.
0: Hmm. Uh, I know that some of the hand sanitizers uh, can be quite drying because of the uh, degree of uh, the percentage of alcohol in them. Uh, are there brands that you would recommend, or that we should look for with something in it, or do they have any with Do they have any with the lanolin or something in it?
2: gels with aloe in them, um, they're fairly difficult to find, (laughs) uh, especially right now. Um, But hand sanitizer gels, I know that they do dry out the skin, um, especially if they're just very high levels of alcohol with no kind of added sanitizer. Mm -hmm. Something that I've found to be really helpful to kind of combat this um, is just to put on moisturizing lotion before you go to bed. Right. (laughs) and. I think most guys do not like putting on moisturizing lotion, but I've, I've been doing it recently because my hands have been so dry. So putting on some good moisturizing lotion right before I fall asleep has really helped um, because that's the thing. When your hands do end up getting really dry, you're less likely to do good hand hygiene or use the hand sanitizer gels. So we want to keep our hands as just- as moisturized as possible.
0: At least they don't want to be seen putting uh, moisturizing lotion on. Anyway. <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> yes. um, the other question I had for you now, if you're in a um, public facility, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're in a public facility and you've just dried your hands,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, what's the best way of getting your you're not supposed to be out in public these days but suppose you are what's the best way of getting out of that facility without recontaminating your hands
2: uh, this is a tough one um, you could walk around with a paper towel in your hands or use your elbows to try to, to open doors but really it's going to come down Your hands will become contaminated at some point, no matter how careful we're trying to be. So there are things you can do. Um, Like if you're leaving a washroom, you could keep the paper towel in your hands, use that to push the door open. Um, But we just have to assume our hands are going to get contaminated at some point, and keep in mind, if they're contaminated we still need to help that virus get into our body Um, so we still need to touch our nose or our eyes or our mouth so just before you do any of that stuff for eat or anytime your hands have to go up to your face before you do that you want to be either doing good thorough hand washing or using a hand sanitizer rub and i should just note with the hand sanitizer rubs um, They are very effective as long as your hands are not uh, dirty, as long as your hands don't feel sticky. These hand sanitizer gels can be very effective. And it's just kind of the same principle as washing your hands. You just want to make sure that every single surface on your hands are, are covered with that hand sanitizer gel. So getting the tips of the fingers, backs of the hands, palms of the hands, in between the fingers, around the thumbs. So just being thorough with it.
0: Yeah. Now, earlier you were speaking about not touching your face or trying to avoid touching your face.
2: Hard.
0: It is. There are some of us with, uh, and I will try to be as delicate here as I can, there are some of us with what I call chronically leaky beaks. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Either because of sinusitis or allergies. Uh, Do you have any special tips for us?
2: With uh, with hand hygiene, Um, and so I always have a a box of Kleenex on my desk. And um, now, before I go to wipe my nose, I (laughs) put a little pump of hand sanitizer gel on my hands.
0: Yeah that that's a good idea and then you're you're protecting yourself and whoever else you might have to have hand to hand contact with afterwards. Yeah, those uh, masks are, are great unless you happen to have a hearing impairment and you depend a lot on lip reading.
2: Yes, that, and I don't have a great answer for that. Uh-huh. I, I'm sorry. So, so something like that, um, it might be better to get in touch with CNIB, um, and I'm sure that your listeners are familiar with them. Um, I've got a phone number here, one uh, 800 national institute for blindness
0: okay that's great uh, matt yeah or the uh, canadian hearing society i think they have an office here in town (laughs) That's uh, that's good to know Uh, That's terrific Um, And uh, the other thing uh, We always uh, chuckle Those of us who are blind always chuckle Because when um, You're talking about Coughing or sneezing uh, People are saying to cough Or sneeze into your elbow But if you're in The habit of guiding Someone who is blind Then that person doesn't Really want to have to take that part of your arm <laughs> so but anyway there are always those um things that uh you have to, obstacles that you have to find your way around
2: oh for sure yeah and i guess if you you are somebody who's helping um somebody who's blind to to get around you could always just use a kleenex um, cough into your hands but then just do a really good job of washing your hands afterwards or using that hand sanitizer gel
0: yeah, it's a good thing to carry in your uh, purse or your pocket, isn't it, eh?
2: Yes, yeah, for sure.
0: If you can find a small bottle like that. yes. Because well, you could always refill it if you have to. Yep,
2: yeah, that's right. I do the same thing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great, Matt. Uh, is there anything else that you can uh, pass along to us?
2: No, I just think it's it's important to just keep in mind that Um, There is a lot that we can do to prevent the spread. Um, And the two big things are, are washing our hands really well before we touch our face or using hand sanitizer gels and trying to maintain that distance between people where possible. And if it's not possible, to wear a mask.
0: All right. That's great, Matt. Thank you so much for doing this with us. I know it sounds simple and kind of elementary, but uh, sometimes we need to go back to the basics, don't we?
2: Yeah, for sure. I agree.
0: Thanks so much.
2: Thanks, Devin.
0: Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you doing this with us.
2: Yeah, no problem. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Take good care.
1: Stay well. Wash, wash, wash your hands for 40 seconds, please. Soap will chase the germs away so you don't cough and sneeze. Lather up your hands about a half a minute more. Get in between each finger, you can never be too sure. Clean, clean, clean your hands and if you're getting bored, remember friend that in the end good health is your reward. Scrub, scrub, scrub your hands, you're almost there, hooray. Soap and water lather up at least five times a day. Rinse, rinse, rinse your hands just five more seconds now. We're having fun, we're almost done, now let's get you a towel. You'll remember that during that conversation,
0: Matt and I touched a little bit on how people with disabilities and the people that they're talking to or walking with are supposed to keep physically distant from each other. And um, he said he didn't have a whole lot of answers. He gave us a couple phone numbers, but I went uh, looking elsewhere, and I'll talk a little more about that in a a few minutes. But this is the information sheet that I got back from uh, CNIB. As a matter of fact, Leanne Carpenter, who is the Orientation and Mobility Specialist, ...right here in Peterborough, or at least one of the OM specialists. The uh, sheet is actually called Sighted Guiding, but I decided I would call it Sighted Guiding during the pandemic. An individual may require Sighted Guide and will rely on your assistance to carry out various activities of daily living. Traditionally sighted guide is provided by offering your arm or shoulder for someone with vision loss to hold on to however with the risk of COVID-19 and the direction to maintain a social distance this technique is not conducive to social distancing the following suggestions may help in a variety of situations One, offer to assist the individual with finding their items first, or alternatively provide easy to find directions. Two, individuals with low vision may be able to see bright high contrast colors, such as a safety vest. This can be a tool that is used so that an individual may track your moves by following you. 3. Guiding an individual with their white cane. Using both ends of the cane, each person holds an end. This technique works best when both individuals hold the cane with the same hand so that the guide is directly in front of the blind person the guide then slows their walking pace and provides verbal feedback about terrain changes and drop-offs and steps narrow passageways and notable obstacles it is critical that the guide remain diligent and maintain consistent watch of the person they are guiding. Individuals should clean their canes each time they choose to use this technique. Businesses may also have available relay batons or lightweight six-foot pipe in the absence of a white cane. 4. Guiding an individual in a grocery store. The attendant will help the individual find a seat or a safe place to wait, preferably against a wall, while they retrieve a cart. Position the cart so that the handle is easily locatable by the individual. The attendant will then guide the front of the cart Verbally notifying the individual of turns and stops while they shop. 5. Guiding an individual with a guide dog. Many guide dogs can follow on command. In this scenario, slow your pace and ensure you do not get too far out front. Continue to communicate upcoming changes in the path, and specifically, if the guide dog begins to veer off course. If the guide dog does not follow, defer to guiding the individual with their white cane or a shopping cart. Now that information sheet is okay. Uh, Just a a couple of additions I would make. Uh, When you're talking with a person who has a guide dog, don't give commands to the dog. Tell the person what needs to be done and let the individual give commands to his or her own dog. So I also contacted the... uh, Public Health Department, Tim's, Time in My Shoes, which, of course, is closed at the moment because of COVID-19, and uh, the Peterborough Council for People with Disabilities. And Andrea Dodsworth is on the executive of PCPD, and she also works for MPP David Smith, So I sent an email to both places, and we'll see if she gets back to me. The uh, public health department uh, wasn't able to help me beyond what Matt Ferris uh, gave me. And, uh, of course, uh, Tim's is closed, and so we'll see what uh, Andrea Dodsworth might have for us about how you maintain distance when you're assisting someone using a manual wheelchair, or when you're assisting a senior who might need you nearby to uh, steady them, or what about when you're conversing with someone who is deaf or hard of hearing? You know, when you wear those masks, they don't uh, allow for much in the way of lip reading. So we'll see what comes of that, and I'll pass along whatever I get. Well, speaking of dogs, CNIB Guide Dogs has come up with a virtual fundraiser called a Pup Crawl. The other day I was talking with someone, and she thought I said pub crawl, but I did not. I said pup crawl. So I got hold of the uh, president of uh, CNIB Guide Dogs, Diane Bergeron, while she was on her treadmill, and uh, she and I chatted about that fundraiser. Well, hi Diane, and welcome to the program.
4: Hello, thank you.
0: I hear in the in the background that you're uh, you're busy uh, on. Is that your treadmill?
4: It is my treadmill. I am walking five k today. The Cnib Pup Crawl. That's P U P like puppy, <laughs> not P U B like bar. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> So let me congratulate you, first of all, on your recent appointment as president of CNIB Guide Dogs.
4: Thank you very much. I think it's going to be very challenging, but also extremely fun.
0: CNIB Guide Dogs is uh, fairly new, uh, you know, a new kid on on the block. Can you explain how it was that uh, you decided to? Start training guide dogs?
4: Yeah, CNIB. um, If you, I'm sure most people remember back a few years back, we did a separation of our organization from um, CNIB to the rehabilitation side of it, going over to a new um, entity called Vision Loss Rehabilitation Canada. And at that time, we did a countrywide Consultation with our stakeholders and talked about what is it that people wanted from CNIB as a as a program delivery side um, as part of the foundation. And so, as a response to the request to do various programs that really look at after after the rehab piece, after you have O and M, and after you have all the other stuff. What are some of the things that People really wanted sort of from birth to beginning to end of life. And so that's how we got into it. It's been around now for three years. And uh, we've uh, we've got, I believe, 88 dogs currently um, we've put through or are going through our program right now.
0: And so what's happening with the training in this um COVID-19 crisis that's happening?
4: Well, we were very proud uh, on March 16th to open our brand new kennel, which we call the Canine Campus, um, and then promptly closed it a day later on March 17th when when we were told to close. Luckily, we have some really good volunteers, um, volunteer border families who have taken in all 20 of the dogs that we currently have in homes. And they've been keeping the dogs up with their obedience, making sure that they're exercised, and so on. But formal training, of course, had to, uh, had to stop due to the COVID-19 requirements. Um, BNIB Guide Dogs has been working with the provincial government in Ontario to look at making guide dog and service dog training an essential business, um, to make sure that we can continue to train dogs, of course, in a safe and healthy manner. Um, looking at protecting the staff, the clientele, and as well as the public during that process. But you know, dogs dogs aren't like a cane where you can put it on a shelf for a year and pick it up a year later. No. Um, Right? Dogs have a training span, life, and so on. So we're trying to maintain that. So we're, we're hoping to be up and running again soon, and I'm I'm hoping that we're not going to have any delays in um, getting all of our dogs out to who they need to go to. I'm kind of hoping we can pick up where we left off and get, get people their dogs as quick as we can.
0: Do you have quite a waiting list?
4: Um... Yeah, and, you know, in the guide dog world, we don't like waiting lists, mainly because it's not really a first-in, first-out first, in, first, first out process. It's a matching process.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So some people will get their dogs quickly because we have a dog that matches that that individual. But there are other people that might have to wait a while because they have more complex needs, and we need to find the right dog for that person. So... Um, We do have, we certainly have more applicants than we have dogs, um, but we try to get matches done as quickly as possible.
0: But COVID-19 hasn't stopped the uh, fundraising. I wonder if you could uh, let us know what the uh, CNIB uh, dog uh, pup crawl is all about.
4: Sure. Well, because of COVID-19, of course, we did have a few fundraising opportunities and events that we were going to hold, but because we couldn't hold them, we had to cancel them all. Um, a few weeks ago, we came up with the idea of doing a virtual event. So we came up with the CNIB Pup Crawl. It's a virtual five-kilometer walk, run, crawl, dance, skip, jump, Full of hope in your driveway, doesn't really matter. Um, Following all provincial guidelines, of course, uh, for the uh, restrictions. But it's an opportunity for people to stay active during this time, to, um, you know, walk back and forth on their patio if that's what they have, or up and down their hallway, anything to give people an opportunity to just get out and get active. It started on April 29th, which is International Guide Dog Day. Mm -hmm. and you have an entire 30 days. You have till May 29th to get in your 5K, so you don't have to be an athlete and super fit to do it. Mm -hmm. You probably walk 5K in 30 days anyway. It's on the honor system, Um, so you can go to cnib.ca slash pupcrawl and register. It's $30 to register. Uh, there is an opportunity for you to fundraise, um, to get pledges if you'd like. It's not required, but if you'd like to. We have a bit of a challenge on the top three fundraisers. Um, at the end of this, we'll have an opportunity to name a future a future CNIB guide dog. Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that should so, be
4: quite good. Yeah, so we're hoping, uh, we're hoping that people will join in and, you know, if, if you're not able to, um, or not, you know, able to donate or, or, you, or to register, we're just encouraging people that, you know, yes, we have to be isolated, but for physical and mental health, um, it's really important for us all to keep active in some way. So really, that's what this was about. This was about the, the activity piece and, Um, the fundraiser is is an add-on to that.
0: Yes, uh, and uh, some of us definitely need incentive to get get out there and exercise.
4: Yes, we do have, I have to say, within our guide dog team here at CNIB Guide Dogs, uh, the staff have challenged each other to not just do five kilometers, but to see who could walk or run the most kilometers within that 30 days. Wow. That's the reason I'm on my treadmill today. <laughs> I'm trying to do 5K of running or walking every day. I, I know that I don't really have a, choice, a chance of winning, but I'm going to make the rest of them work hard for it.
0: Right. <laughs> 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 That's great. Is there anything else that you uh, wanted to mention while we're chatting?
4: Um, I think just that hopefully, you know, that everybody keeps safe in the time that we are going through right now, you know, it's really important that we all stick together, regardless of whether we have guide dogs or not, where our dogs come from, um, whether we have a disability or not. I think that empathy and understanding for each other's individual needs and individual um, situations you know that now is the time we need to do it and have all that empathy for each other so i hope that everybody stays well and uh you know we're, we're a community all together and uh i think that that's now the time it's going to come out and show us what we've got as a community
0: all right well all sorts of good luck with your fundraiser and uh, uh here's hoping you make uh, all sorts of money
4: I appreciate the opportunity to be with
0: you today. We still have a few minutes left, so I thought I would repeat a demonstration that I did quite a while ago of the Oracle Talking Glucometer. This will come in handy for any of you who are either losing your vision or have lost it and uh, as a result of diabetes, or you've developed uh, diabetes in later life, like I did. So you might want to give this a listen. Hi there, I'm Devin Wilkins from Peterborough, Ontario, and I'm about to do a demonstration for you of the Oracle Talking Glucometer. There is a Prodigy Talking Glucometer, which uh, I understand you have to pay for, but this you don't. So the device is about four inches long and two inches wide, maybe a speck wider, and about an inch or so deep. So it's not a major hassle to have to carry it around. On the back of it, there are two small rubber feet, and that's the way you should lay it down on the table in front of you, with the uh, feet down toward the table. And I have it laying on a, a napkin or a serviette so that it will catch whatever drips there might be. So I'm going to get a strip of my jar and my fingers are warmed up now so we shouldn't have any major problem with it. If you have a look at the strip you'll see that there is a, how shall I describe it? On the one end The longer part of it should be on uh, facing the table and the shorter piece on that same end should be facing up. So we will insert it into a little hole uh, slot on the end of the glucometer that's closest to you.
1: 23.2 degrees Celsius. Please apply blood onto the test strip.
0: So I'm going to prick my finger and do just that. Milk my finger a little bit here. And I'll see about getting some of the blood. So I just Bring the glucometer over to my finger or vice versa. Find the end of the strip. Your blood glucose is 5.5 millimoles per liter. 5.5, so that's pretty good. So after I just squeeze my finger with the napkin a little bit, to make sure everything is all cleaned up nicely, I will use the napkin to pull a strip out of the glaucometer, which will automatically turn the glaucometer off. That's about it. It takes uh, a few times to kind of get practice in getting blood onto the strip, but it's not too bad. And if you happen to be someone who is diabetic, then testing your blood sugar is definitely something that you can do on your own. I hope that helps a little bit Good luck We'll have a song now By American guide dog user Veronica Elsey And the name of her song Is Your First Dog And then We'll dance our way out of here To the musical stylings Of Canadian fiddler Don Messer And Mother's Real Thanks so much for listening Have yourself a good week And uh, we'll see you again next time Bye for now
5: At your first introduction You were so wound up That you kept reaching down Checking your new dog out When you got to go on that first walk It felt just like flying You had such a good time with your first dog The one you learned on And they told you you were both doing a superb Job. And those are innocent days when you have limitless faith and they make an impression that will remain special and deep. And the first time you went somewhere you'd never been, you were so elated. Knowing you made it Friends and family Had doubts But they gradually found out What you were capable of Cause changes Just come with your First dog The one who stirred Thoughts of trying New things Really doing a superb Job And those Days of limitless faith They made an impression that remains Special and deep And no dog hereafter Will be thought of in the same way as this no dog so drastically alters the way that you live. And all your problems seem much more like adventures. Just because you're in love and so indebted to that first dog, you thought the worst. Taking for granted the safety and companionship. And yes, you'll eventually be getting that second dog. But you're not quite sure if you're going to find another dog who'll work. Like your first dog, the one who's work promised to admit that you did a superb job, and in a sense that triumph stays with you all your life, cause though you love and respect all the other dogs you get, there's just something special about you. It's your first